For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dad, I'm broke. Hey, broke. I'm Dad. Dad. Okay, don't you have cash saved up from babysitting? No, I spent it. I want my own bank account from S&T Bank. They offer free ATMs, Zelle, and an annual scholarship. Plus, when I open a Smart Start checking account, I get $100. See? I'm responsible. Hey, responsible. I'm Dad. Visit stbank.com slash smartstart for details. Bonus available July 1st through September 30th, 2022. Opening deposit balance of $50 required. Member FDIC. Welcome to a True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Lees. Today, on an all-new Murder Monday, we discuss the murder of college student Jenna Verhalen, who was murdered in her apartment. Welcome to an all-new season of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. This season, we dive into the most horrific unsolved murders in history. From the Black Dahlia murder to the unsolved murder of the Lady of the Dunes. Join us every Tuesday on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we thank you for listening. Hello and welcome. Before we dive into our new episode of Murder Monday, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex, for sponsoring this episode. Visit poddex.com. And use promo code Larry21. That's L-A-R-R-Y 21 for 10% off your first purchase. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Jenna Fairhan lived in Bryant, Texas, where she attended Blinn College. She was studious, and everyone who knew her described her as kind and hardworking. Jenna's boyfriend, Spencer Hood, also attended Blinn College, and both he and Jenna lived in the same apartment complex near the college. Though they lived in separate apartments, Jenna and Spencer spent a lot of time together. On the night of April 8, 2008, Jenna had gotten home from working in a restaurant at around 9 p.m. and She had invited Spencer to come over. They both studied until around 12 a.m. when Spencer said he had to get going. That was the last time Spencer would ever see Jenna alive. On the morning of April 9, 2008, Spencer was heading back to Jenna's apartment to pick up a book he had left the previous night. When he reached her apartment, he found her door was unlocked and open. When he proceeded to walk in, he found Jenna's lifeless body on her bedroom floor. Spencer and a neighbor called 911, and when police and paramedics arrived, they declared Jenna dead at the scene. The main suspect was her boyfriend, Spencer, who soon after Jenna's murder left town without notice. Physically, Jenna was not seriously harmed. She had a bruise on her forehead and some self-inflicted bite marks on her tongue. 
there were no signs of a break-in in her apartment, and all of her belongings, including her wallet with money, were all intact in the apartment. There was also no indication that Jenna had committed suicide, and her autopsy examiners found no evidence of sexual assault, but they did find something that would be telling of how Jenna was murdered. Investigators found small broken blood vessels in the white of Jenna's eyes, which is called petechial hemorrhage. The injury is indicative of manual asphyxiation, and upon further investigation, medical examiners found that her throat had been crushed, concluding that she had been strangled manually. suspects. And right away, they had three main suspects. Spencer Hood. Police began into looking into potential suspects, especially those who were close to Jenna. The primary suspect was Spencer, who upon further investigation, police found had an on-and-off relationship with Jenna. Also, given that there was no sign of forced entry, it was probable that Jenna knew the person who did this. Suspect number two, Sean Stevens. Police began to ask neighbors if they had heard anything on the night of April 9th, and some of them had been very close to Jenna's apartment. A group of young people playing sand volleyball saw a shirtless man acting suspicious, coming from the direction of Jenna's apartment. Witnesses said the man resembled Sean, a student who also lived in the building complex. According to some of Jenna's friends, Sean had once made a vulgar remark to Jenna by catcalling her from his apartment, which had straight visibility into hers. When brought in by police for questioning, he denied any involvement and said he was not the shirtless man. Sean was still unable to provide an alibi for that night, so he was still a suspect. And suspect number three, Jeremy Rosser. Two months before her murder, Jenna told her family about an incident the apartment maintenance man. While exiting the bathroom after a shower, she saw that there was a man in her living room. According to Jenna, when she asked him why he was there, he said he didn't hear the water running in the bathroom and thought the apartment was empty, so he went inside. After the incident, Jenna called the building manager to complain about the issue. Jeremy was a 29-year-old divorcee with two kids. He had never been in trouble with the law. But to corroborate his story, police performed an experiment to see if he was truly unable to hear the shower from the living room. After concluding their, completing their experiment and analysis, they were undoubtedly able to prove that he could definitely hear the shower from the living room entrance. A week after Jenna's murder, Jeremy was fired because he was skipping work. Police wanted to question him. But he left town after he was fired, and it was around this time when Spencer Hood and Sean Stevens had also skipped town, even though they were still under investigation. At this point, there are three persons of interest, and all of them are nowhere to be found.
let's dive into the forensic evidence the police were able to uncover. At this point in the investigation, police were counting heavily on any forensic evidence they could, that could shed some light on the case. They were looking for anything from hairs to fibers that could help catch the killer. DNA analysts discovered skin cells under Jenna's fingernails. From these cells, they extracted DNA, which belonged to an unknown genetic profile. They also found a drop of blood on Jenna's shirt collar and two more drops on the carpet near her body. DNA analysis analyst Carolyn Van Winkle said one of the drops was Jenna's blood and the other was of an unknown person, which also matched the profile that was discovered under Jenna's nails. With this new information, police now needed DNA samples from the three suspects to see if any of them matched the unknown profiles. Since all three had skipped town, police began asking other men in Jenna's life for their DNA samples. Anyone who lived in the apartment complex, and anyone who worked with her at the restaurant. Though 50 men complied, none of them matched the DNA from the scene. After a while, police eventually caught up with the runaway suspects. First, we'll look at Spencer Hood. Police found Jenna's boyfriend, Spencer, three hours away at his parents' home. Spencer was very cooperative and allowed police to interrogate him and take pictures of him to look for any scratches on his body. Spencer also willingly provided his DNA, but it was not a match to the skin cells or the blood found in the apartment. Then, Sean Stevens. Sean was tracked down 450 miles away, also at his parents' house. When asked, he also willingly provided a DNA sample, but was not a match. Then, the third and last remaining suspect, Jeremy Rosser. Police were able to find him through his ex-wife, who provided a lot of information. She said that near the time of their divorce... Jeremy had become violent. He began physically abusing her, and this was around the time of Jenna's murder. Police performed a background check on Jeremy, and nothing came up. When police questioned him, he denied involvement, but willingly cooperated and gave up a DNA sample. When police were investigating his truck, they found a laptop, and when they tracked the IP address, it belonged to one of Jenna's neighbors, who also lived at the complex had reported it missing months earlier. They also found that he still had keys to the apartment, even though he had been fired from his job at the building. When the DNA results came back, there was no doubt Jeremy's DNA was a match for the cells under Jenna's nails and the blood on her carpet.
Before we get into the arrest of Jeremy Rosser, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Hunted Killer. Hunted Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episodes, or boxes. Each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You use these clues to solve the ongoing murder mystery, and by the final episode, you'll be able to name and catch the killer. So it's up to you to hunt the killer. Visit huntakiller.com and use the promo code TCNS for 20% off your first box. I really like Hunt a Killer because it really involves real world knowledge and you actually have to use a brain to solve the case. And that promo code is TCNS for 20% off your first box. Police eventually arrested Jeremy and he did not try to deny anything. Prosecutors have reason to believe that Jeremy used his main key on the night of the murder to enter her house while Jenna was at work. They believe Jeremy hid in Jenna's second bedroom and waited for her there. However, when Jenna came home, she came with Spencer, which Jeremy was not anticipating. He then waited in the room for three hours until Spencer left. And once he did, Jeremy went into Jenna's room and attacked her. Jeremy fought back by scratching him, but unfortunately, Jeremy strangled her to death. When charged with murder, he admitted he was guilty to spare his family the tribulations of a long trial, but he never revealed his motive. Jeremy Rossler was eventually convicted and sentenced to 55 years in prison. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Murder Monday. Let us know your thoughts on this case and murder by sending us a tweet at that's at true crime ns on twitter you can find us on facebook at true crime never sleeps instagram as well just search true crime never sleeps thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time welcome to the cinema gold show with your host larry lease From the small screen to the big screen, we cover all the latest entertainment news. Join us on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube every weekday. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.